Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten. Welcome to Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways in which we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host. And um, I'm really happy to be back with you today. I am live. So if you are listening uh, to the show, it's 10 a.m. on the West Coast. If you're listening uh, to the show live, uh, do feel free to give me a call or send me an email through the show page and um, we can have a chat uh, while we're on air. Um, So I am back in the U.S., burr. (laughs) Burr. I know it's not cold everywhere in the U.S., but... um, it was a little bit of a shock to my system. Um, so I came back a couple of weeks ago, actually, from uh, Malta, from Gozo, uh, where it was still summer, that we were having a quite a long summer there. I see that it's now down into the 70s, but um, I really hadn't been able to go out without, you know, kind of having to address the heat um, the whole time I was there. And so, you know, as I knew I was coming back, I did try to really just soak that in and be grateful and appreciate it. Um, because the the chilliness and the darkness is a bit of a shock to my system. Um, so I came back a little bit different way. I wanted to see my brother um, in Arizona. And uh, so I came back, I flew as I normally do to Frankfurt uh, and transferred there. And then I flew into Houston and then on to Tucson um, and then spent about a week with him before I came to Seattle um, and took care of business and healthcare and saw friends, et cetera. Um, and then came down to the Oregon coast where I am now with my mom. Um, it was a pretty good trip. Uh, generally speaking, you know, I do it every three months and it is long. Um, it is long and it is, you know, there's a certain amount of fatigue involved. And I also kind of just go into it thinking, well, you know, I hope for the best and I don't expect the worst actually. Um, I hope for the best and I, in many ways expect the best. Um, but Uh, you know, as with most things, I carry it in an open hand. Um, So things went pretty well uh, up until we were coming into Houston. And I haven't really flown into Houston before, I don't think, um, throughout all my travels. And my seatmate is from there and said that the turbulence that we experienced was kind of normal for coming into that airport. But oh my gosh, you guys, (laughs) like it got to the point that you know, and I, I travel quite a bit. I've flown quite a bit in my life. Um, I, I reached for the airsick bag. That's how bad it got. Uh, I was sitting in, it wasn't an exit row. I would call it like an exit vestibule. Um, you know, kind of one of those open areas where that's sort of near the bathrooms. That's the down, that's the downside, but the upside is that there's lots of, uh, leg room. So I was sitting there with my equally, equally actually taller, uh, seatmate and directly across from the flight attendant in the jump seat. And, you know, I was trying to just carry on a conversation and, you know, focus on something other than the turbulence. And it was so bad that I was literally, I was scared. I'm not a scared flyer uh, typically, but not only was I scared, I started to get really, really motion sick and it got worse and worse and worse. And, um, you know, it ended up, I pulled the airsick bag out and apologized in advance to my two, uh, basically my two seatmates 
my 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 regular seatmate, not the flight attendant, he's fanning me with the uh, you know the emergency card that's in the seat back. He's fanning me because I I must have been every shade of green. I really did not want to vomit like literally you know inches and feet away from these other people, and thankfully. I didn't, but I have to say that that uh, air sickness stayed with me. Uh, the motion sickness stayed with me for probably a couple of days. Um, I felt nauseated. So pretty unusual. And uh, duly noted, Houston, duly noted. Uh, I was supposed to have three hours in Houston, which, you know, at the end of your long journey already feels like kind of a lot. And so there was an extra three hour delay. <laughs> And then I had another three-hour flight. So as I kind of got off that plane, uh, all all shades of green, I basically had another nine hours of travel ahead of me, unbeknownst to me, because of the additional delay. And then the other little, um, you know, not so desirable surprise was that my my luggage didn't make it. It got stuck in Germany. Um, but you know. I really did practice all my little skills and I just decided, you know, I'm not going to suffer over any of this. It's a choice. It's a choice for to be upset. It's a choice to be stressed. It's a choice to worry about your bag and whether you're ever going to get your bag. And um, so I just decided not to. I used all my skills and my breathing and um, all my self-talk to just, you know, um, accept it. Uh, and so, you know, not the most pleasant, but I eventually got to Tucson, filed my report. A couple of days later, I got my bag. I got I got a nasty crud from all my travel. I gave it to my brother. <laughs> when he came down with it, he was like, oh, my God, I know you're tough, but I can't believe you felt this bad and you didn't say anything. And the thing is, again, um it's not that it's not okay to say, oh my God, I feel terrible. I feel like absolute crap. And, you know, to get some empathy and some compassion, there's nothing wrong with that. But I also remember that we are where we put our attention. And, you know, I had this week to spend with my brother. We haven't seen each other in like 18 months, we we realized. Um, and we live in different places. And I just didn't want to put my attention to not feeling good. So I didn't. I just felt terrible. Uh, I, did, I did. I felt terrible. But I also just decided I wasn't going to pay attention to it. Um, so overall, you know, we had a good time and we ate some good food and I enjoyed the the heat. I knew that I was going to come into the cold and it was still hot there. And, um, you know, uh, I enjoyed his dogs and and all of that stuff. So anyway, travel is, um, tra you know, travel takes a toll. Um, but if you want to get somewhere, you have to go somewhere. So there you go. Okay, um, so the topic today is, uh, I call it the show when I'm 53, which was, of course, a little take on the Beatles song, um, when I'm 64. I'm not 64, I'm 53 today. Uh, yeah, so today's my birthday, and I decided that, um, you know, I would just sort of talk about birthdays, but also really talk about all the little tidbits that we all pick up along the way. Um, you know, we we take these uh, turns around the sun, the earth spins around the sun every 365 days and we spin with it and, um, you know, time waits for no one, right? Uh, and what we learn along the way and what we experience um, is the stuff of life. So 
that's what I've prepared for you today. Um, there are 53 little tidbits and uh, we'll see. I don't know if I'll get through them all. If I don't, I'll uh, I'll just post them on the on my website as a blog. I, I always like to have more uh, prepared for you rather than less. So we don't, don't end up um, with me, uh, yada, 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 blah, blah, blahing to, um, to fill the space. Okay. So I'm going to get started on these. And um, I do want to say, you know, these are in no particular order uh, at all. That This is a, uh, this is a, a free flowing brainstorm of uh, life tidbits and observations to, uh, to celebrate, um, you know, another year of life and, and also happy birthday out there to all my, um, Scorpio, uh, compatriots and especially Janine and Nefra and Emily and Jessica, we've been, uh, celebrating our Scorpio birthdays for, for a long time. All right, here we go. Uh, number one, when in doubt, leave it out. So that comes from my, uh, my 12 step food program. Uh, and it really, you know, it, it specifically referred to, uh, whether something was or wasn't on the food list or whether we thought it was, or it wasn't. Um, but you know, all the years that I was in that program, which was over 17 years, I found that applying that to other areas of life was very handy. Most particularly if you do business writing, um, or you're composing an email, um, or a, a, a work-related communication, if you find yourself kind of toiling over a particular piece, uh, I did a ton of business writing um, in my corporate job, and I would I would stop and ask myself, well, do I need this? Is this necessary? And I would take it out, and sometimes that was all that needed to happen. Um, so if you're toiling away with with anything, actually, just ask yourself, is this, is this necessary? And what if I left it out and see what happens? Number two, prioritize experiences uh, versus things. And uh, so two things about that, it is tied to happiness. So scientifically speaking, uh, when, when the scientists study happy people, one of the things that they find is common to them is that they do focus their energies, attention, and resources on experiences versus um, accumulating or buying things. And I can say um, in terms of birthdays, the last few years have been different, but there was a number of years, um, over a decade for sure, where I traveled um, every winter. And so for the most part, I spent my birthday uh, in another country. And that to me, you know, my partner and I, um, at, at the time we did exchange birthday gifts. That was the one gift that we, um, that we did give each other. So there was usually a gift, but, um, for me, um, what I really loved about those times was just being in another country, um, and marking my, uh, marking my birthday in that way. So experiences versus things. Number three, there is freedom in not knowing. Now, um, this popped up because I was thinking about my 50th birthday, which is, you know, often a big one for people. Mine happened to, uh, have occurred in 2020. Um, so November of 2020, um, deep into pandemic isolation, et cetera. And, um, I had a test result, uh, that was maybe not so fun. 
uh, come back. And I was waiting to hear, like I was, I I didn't know for sure what was going to be required, but I was waiting to hear. And it was taking, you know, as somebody who's been, had some health issues and been involved in the healthcare system, you, you do develop a bit of a sense when um, a test result is taking longer than maybe it should that, you know, perhaps it might be getting read by more than one person, et cetera, et cetera. So there I am on my 50th birthday um, in 2020 by myself. I did not, I did not, I don't believe I interacted with another human being that day, not in person, uh, certainly. And uh, I was waiting for a call that I figured was going to come the next day. And I, I kind of had a bad feeling about it because they had seen a something in my lung, a nodule in my in my lung. And I decided, you know, to use something that I had developed during the cancer experience that I had. And that is that, you know, there really is freedom in not knowing. Sometimes we, we focus on wanting to know or needing to know, or if I could just know, then I would feel better. But the thing is, that's so stressful. And then when you know, when you know, then you know. So either you know, and it's maybe not desirable news, and you then have to do something about that. So there's that, or you now know, and it's good news. And even though you've gotten some relief from that good news, look at all the time that has been spent uh, worrying about the unknown. Uh, And so I actually kind of enjoyed that day. I enjoyed that day. Um, I wasn't particularly sad. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to enjoy the peace of, of not knowing. And the next day the call came in and it was kind of what I figured. Um, It wasn't great. And um, I did have to have a lung biopsy. And thankfully the condition that they found was benign. Um, But yeah, there is, there is freedom in not knowing. Um, And if you can get comfortable with that, um, your stress level can come down uh, quite a bit. Number four, um, this is a Dr. Seuss quote uh, by way of my friend, Chris, and that is, today you are you, that is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. And the thing about that is you are unique. There really is no one like you. And if you if you manage to be one of the people who's able to embrace themselves as they are, show themselves as they are, and walk through this world, being yourself in all the various situations in which we we navigate, regardless of how they turn out or how people react to you or, or any of that, it doesn't really matter because you know you are your true and authentic self and your experience. That is how you're experiencing life. So there can't really be, I'm going to just say there really can't be mistakes and failures when you're, when you're being yourself, there are things we learn and maybe outcomes that we would want to do differently, but there's no mistakes and no failures. Number five, if something feels like too much, it probably is. (laughs) Uh, I moved across the country for a job many years ago and um, I had sacrificed a lot. Um, And you know, the other person didn't sacrifice anything. So beware of that. Um, if you're kind of entering into an arrangement and you're giving up a lot or you're risking a lot and there there doesn't seem to be sacrifice or shared risk on the other end, um, do, do pay attention to that. But also 
just if it feels like what you're giving up or what you're sacrificing or what you're risking is too much, it probably is. And that was what one of my mentors said to me after I, um, I had returned, <laughs> I had just returned from that um, experience. And uh, I've carried that with me ever since um, and applied that when I'm feeling overwhelmed about maybe a big decision or um, working through something. I, I ask myself, is, does it feel like too much? And is it actually too much? And I've used that um, in helping other people as well. And it does, it is a really pretty simple way to bring oneself back to center and um, center your own needs and desires. Uh, number six, if you're not sure what to do and there's no external pressure to make a decision uh, or real consequence to not making one, um, just, just wait. Yeah. Just wait. Um, it kind of falls in that same category of feeling like we need to know. And if we just know, then, then we can let go of this, of this stress. It, it, it can come the same way. Well, I just need to make a decision. And if I just make a decision, I'll feel better, but I'm not really sure what to do. Well, maybe you don't actually have to make a decision yet. Um, and again, that, that is a skill, uh, living in the unknown, living um, when you just, you kind of don't know everything and you're not sure what you're going to do. Um, gaining comfort with that becomes a very handy skill. Uh, number seven, if you ever have to sacrifice your integrity, get out. So that was a direct quote from my dad. Um, I think I was in my twenties and I was kind of struggling with uh, an ethical uh, dilemma actually uh, at the job that I was in. And that's all he said. And I never forgot it. It was so straightforward and and elegant, not not easy necessarily, um, but um, really has been an amazing uh, tool for me. Okay, we are coming up on a break. You're listening to Freedom for Humans, and we will be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host. And um, I'm celebrating being 53 today and just sharing some, uh, you know, some observations and tidbits that I have learned along the way. Um, I have a little bonus one here. So my friend Janine, who I mentioned earlier, um, one of my my Scorpio uh, compatriots actually um, had a birthday yesterday. So our birthdays are only one day apart. So we're basically the exact same age. And uh, she texted me this this morning. Um, it's a It's a quote. Sometimes people let the same problem make them miserable for years when they could just say, so what? That's one of my favorite things to say. So what? And that is by Andy Warhol. Uh, and I do have something in here that is definitely in that vein. Um, any of you who listen to the show will know that uh, I sometimes use the mantra, who gives a crap? Nobody, that's who, which is usually pretty much true. Uh, so yeah, who cares? I say that too. Who cares? Uh, all right. So I'm just going to pick pick right up here uh, where I left off. Uh, for the break. So number eight, learn how to speak in public. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's one of the, I know it's one of the um, things that people are most afraid of. I think it remains probably even with um, all the social media and the reels and the TikToks and all that stuff. I think it remains, um, pe- you know, one of people's greatest fears. And I will just say it will serve you in so many different situations to learn how to do it and to shed the fear um, of it. Typically, the fear is going to be about making a mistake, right? Uh, Or a perceived mistake or freezing up or what fear is often about. The fear is about how you're going to feel or how you believe you're going to feel. These are all things that we can uh, practice our way through. Um, I remember taking a speech class in high school, actually, and I it was my first time really um, practicing public speaking. And I stood in the front of the class and I shook like a leaf. I remember shaking like a leaf. Um, but also just the exhilaration of being able to get through what I had prepared. I picked Jimi Hendrix as my topic. I picked something near and dear to my heart that I really wanted to talk about in order to, you know, get through this assignment. And that it really was kind of life-changing to push through that and to not die, didn't die. And I proceeded to begin to do public speaking at quite a young age and have done it throughout my uh, professional career. So, you know, for instance, when the opportunity to do this show came to me, 
um, there were a few things that I maybe was concerned about, but, but speaking like public speaking, um, you know, a few little nerves and, and here and there aside was not one of them. Um, and so, yes, I highly recommend that learn how to speak in public. Number nine, eat what you like the most first as somebody who was sort of a, you know, a plate cleaner and a, and eat some of everything. And if you take it, you need to eat it and all those things. Uh, we've talked quite a bit, um, over the last year or so about food on the show. Um, you know, when, when you're full, when I'm full, I would rather have the things left on my plate that maybe I don't like as much. And so I've, I found myself, um, having to retrain because I used to eat the things I didn't like first to get them out of the way. Well, that's from a different life. I don't have to do that anymore. Um, and so it's kind of like eat dessert first, although I'm not a, I'm not a sugar supporter because I kind of think sugar hurts a lot of humans. And so, um, I wouldn't necessarily tell you to eat dessert first, but I would say eat what you like the most first. Number 10, use your good things, use your good things. What are you saving them for? You know, the nice clothes, the good shoes, the good bag, the good dishes, whatever, like what, what are they for if we're not going to use them? Yeah. So is there something you've been saving for a special occasion? Mm, I mean, maybe today is that occasion and, and enjoy your good things. Number 11, uh, this was from one of my, my mentors, a, a former boss of mine. And uh, pardon the language, but I'm just going to quote him. Any idiot can spend money. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have worked in resource-strapped uh, areas of healthcare, primarily throughout my career, uh, chemical dependency, so addiction um, addiction recovery and sexual health are not, <laughs> those are not areas that are, uh, heavily funded. And so, you know, I've all, always had to try to do the most with the least. Um, uh, and you know, I thought I was doing that and, uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was, I think it was a sign, uh, that I was having made for the business that I was running for him. And he, I think he got sticker shock, uh, from the, uh, the cost of it, I, I'm kind of remembering. And uh, he he said, kiddo, which I know, I know what you're thinking. That's not appropriate for a, a man who's supervising a woman to call her kiddo. But at the time I was in my 20s and um, I did quite enjoy that nickname because guess what? Nobody calls me that anymore. Not at 53. Um, so anyway, he said, kiddo, any idiot can spend money. And uh, I will say, although I didn't love it at the time, that has also been very useful to me because if I'm getting ready to throw money at something, I do typically stop and ask myself, can this be addressed in a different way? Um, is this, or is this spend really going to get us, uh, me or us, what we're looking for? Number 12, never press send on an angry email or text. Uh, sleep on it at least. And then ask yourself, what is your part? Because the key here is that you're you're angry about something, right? Um, and so we know from you know all of our discussions about resentment that there is some component in that that's yours that 
um, that even though it feels like this is about the other person and something they did or said or didn't or didn't do or didn't say or whatever, um, there's there is a high likelihood that the emotions that you are experiencing and the reaction that you're having is tied directly to you. Um, so do delay, sleep on it, ask yourself, what, what is my part in this? Like, why am I having these strong emotions? And once you work through that, um, tell yourself the truth about that, you may or may not have anything to, left to send. Um, so we might come back to the when in doubt, leave it out and think, huh, is this, is this necessary to send this? And you know what, if you, if you come to the conclusion that it is necessary, probably that is the um, sign to have a conversation with the person. And I'm thinking about, I was watching a reality show, um, truly while I was watching, I, I, I said to my, I'm not going to even say what it, what it was, but I said to myself, I, I mean, this is, I literally feel like I'm being, I'm being poisoned. Like I'm, I'm getting dumber. I'm getting dumber watching this show. But anywho, the 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 point is that there was a conflict, um, as is as is often the case, right? That's what reality TV is often built off of is conflict and judgment. Um, and the person had had just um texted the other person a ton. And uh when they went to then have a conversation, uh, the person, not the texter, but the textee tried to kind of set, sort of open up a conversation. And the person who had been texting was like, well, I feel like I've, you know, I've really gotten that all out in my texts. And what, what, that, what that person doesn't see is, is that those meant nothing. Like those did not seem important. They didn't seem appropriate. They didn't seem meaningful to the other person who's thinking if you, gosh, if we're having a conflict and you want to talk about something, well, then why don't we talk about it? Whereas the other person is sort of pouring their heart and their emotions out in these texts and thinking, okay, well, that's done. Well, that's done now. Well, guess what? It certainly didn't do anything to bridge the gap or resolve the conflict. So I'm going to suggest that conflict should probably not be handled, um, certainly in a text or in an email, because we don't have the benefit of warmth and uh, body language and tone of voice and all of the things um, that are important uh, pieces of communication. Uh, number 13, eat when you're hungry. <laughs> I know that seems simple, but you know, food is compelling on a lot of levels. Um, and it is one of the main uh, anesthesia behaviors that humans use and, and uh, tend to struggle with. And so if you get used to knowing when you're hungry and knowing that that's the time to eat, that can be super helpful. And then stop when you're satiated, um, not full or stuffed. Um, and again, you're just training your body to signal to you that it's satiated and that you can stop eating um, versus eating until you're stuffed or full, which just isn't necessary and might be an indication that there's more food coming in than your body actually requires. And then one of the things that we used to say in my food program, which really applies to everyone. And let me just say that there's exceptions to all of these little tidbits I'm sharing. And so um, certainly there's an exception here. If you are food insecure, um, living in a food desert, you know, not sure where your next meal is coming from. So I do want to acknowledge that before I say this little, this little thing that we used, 
which is there's always another meal coming. So for those of us who are not food insecure, who, um, listen, I am getting sticker shock at the grocery store. So even if you're not food insecure or you do have money for groceries, it doesn't mean that you're uh, not getting sticker shock or having to make some different uh, choices when you go to the grocery store. But one of the things to tell yourself uh, when you're navigating your relationship with food is there's always another meal coming. You don't have to eat all of something like you don't, it, it, it's it. Yeah. Um, tomorrow is another day and there's three more meals. So don't worry about it. Uh, number 14, sometimes, uh, moderation is not possible and abstinence is the right choice. So if you have some voice telling you, well, I should be able to handle this, or I should be able to have a little bit of it or do this behavior a little bit, but you find that you're drawn into it in a way that causes you to suffer. Maybe moderation is not possible for you with that particular um, substance or that particular behavior. Um, there's nothing wrong with abstaining. Um, it's you're you're not giving up. It's not a failure. It's a it is a righteous choice. I abstain from all sorts of things because here's the next one because they're not for me. Number fifteen. Focus on what's for you, and let the rest be. Um, and it can be a person, a situation, a job, uh, where you live, all that stuff. Um, just focus on what's for you. If something's not for you, you can just let it be. It's okay. Uh, and number 16, uh, which is, is uh, in the realm of the Andy Warhol uh, quote, you're allowed not to care about that. The that, it could be anything. You know, one of the observations that's um, come into more clarity for me in the last couple of years is that, gosh, I cared about so much that didn't deserve my energy, my resources, my worry, my attention, my my loss of sleep, my anxiety, my just all of it. And to some degree, it was just conditioning. It was conditioned thinking and and it was habit. And when I started to realize that all of that is choice and that I literally don't have to care about anything that I don't really want to care about. Oh my gosh, like so much time and space and, and resources have opened up for me and I have so much more peace. And when something I'm nagging, you know, negative thought or something comes into my mind, I'll, I'll say, Hmm, well, I'm allowed not to care about that. Do I actually care about that? No, I don't. Okay. And then I just sort of shoo it away um, because we are where we put our attention, right? And so um, the more I pay attention to that thing that I really, when it comes right down to it, I don't care about, the more the more it's part of my present reality and it really doesn't have to be. Number 17, um, this you also hear in 12-step, but um, gosh, it applies so much to all of us. What other people think of you is none of your business. And that's really about completely being yourself and not being too attached to the way that you're received, not being too attached to other people's opinions, to other people's judgments. Those are some of the things that seem to cause people tremendous amounts of suffering. And we are taught to care. We're conditioned to care. 
um, but we actually don't have to. Um, you know, other people are important mirrors for us. Um, they give us, they teach us, they give us feedback. So I'm not saying, you know, ignore every single thing um, that comes in from other people. But, but again, you know, you are, you're the decider. Um, and so if something is, is kind of coming in to you and it's about what, what somebody else thinks of you and it's not helpful to you, you don't have to care about it. Um, what they think of you is their business. It's, it's not your business. Um, number 18, intense emotions last about 90 seconds when we allow them, um, to kind of flow through that, through us, um, at their, at their regular intensity. So it's really not worth it to stuff or avoid or deflect because they just come roaring back. And once you let them flow through you, even though they're intense, um, for this short period, you, you begin to gain some confidence. Um, and know that, you know, you're not going to spontaneously combust. You're not going to die. Um, nothing terrible is probably going to happen just because you allow what is likely when I say intense emotions, um, you know, sometimes they're unpleasant for us, right? Those are the ones that we tend to, to want to avoid. Um, but nothing actually is going to happen to us if we go on ahead, um, and feel them. Um, we're coming up on a break, but I think I have uh, time to do this next one. Number 19, make friends with your body, uh, make friends with your body. And that is what, uh, one of the things that the dying most regret is, um, really, uh, rejecting, rejecting themselves, rejecting their physical bodies, um, and then getting to the end of their life and looking back at the, the time and energy that was spent, um, really just denying themselves um, and hating, hating themselves, but particularly hating their physical body. Um, and then the other thing I have time to fit in, which is also um, one of the top things that people who are dying um, and know they're dying regret, do what you want, not what others want. That's the other thing. People on their way out think, why did I spend so much time doing what other people wanted me to do? and not what I want to do. Because this is, of course, your one and only life. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Freedom for Humans, and we'll be right back. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at GiraffeTangoOctopus.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host, and uh, we're just talking about um, some of the little tips and observations that I've made in my 53 trips around the sun. Um, okay, so number 21, only you know what is right for you. You might benefit from asking um, somebody asking you the right questions and and being a mirror for you. Um, you're going to want to choose those people, you know, carefully. But you're the boss. You are the boss of you. So don't let anybody else be the boss of you. It's your life. Number 22, waiting and hoping is not an effective change strategy. If you're unhappy, um, what I find when I'm, um, you know, going through a, a kind of a dip, I'll call it, is that the solution is usually to do something, do something different. Um, and when I say do something different, I mean not commiserating with your conditioned thoughts trying to figure out why you're unhappy or why you're kind of in a, uh, experiencing a low or a dip. Um, you know, that's okay, but I don't find that it, that it brings change. I find that doing, doing something brings change and doing something can actually, um, help you to work through those thoughts, um, in a different way than really, um, kind of getting involved with them. Number 23, this is a biggie. You've heard me say it a lot of times. There is nothing wrong with you. I'm just going to say it again. There is nothing wrong with you. There never has been anything wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you now. There will be nothing wrong with you in the future. There's nothing wrong with you. Number 24, there's nothing wrong with anybody else either. Yep, I know. Sometimes we think, well, there's nothing wrong with me, but my God, look at them over there. In actual fact, there's really nothing wrong with anybody else. They may not be for you, right? Remember we talked about that um, during the last segment? Some things are not for us. Some people are not for us. Just leave them be. And if you can't, if you can't leave them be because 
they're on your team or in your family, or, you know, there's reasons why you're going to be interacting with them regularly. Um, you can kind of become an observer of the things that are not for you. Um, you don't have to engage with them. You can practice finding them interesting. Hmm. Interesting. I find myself saying, Mm -hmm. number 25, be honest, be honest. You never have to remember what you said when you're honest. There's a lot of other reasons to be honest, but I'm going to stick with that one. Uh, Number 26, you can see the truth of something or someone according to you, but you don't necessarily need to speak that truth. And the reason that you don't necessarily need to speak that truth is, is number 27. And that is just a question to ask yourself. And I do find this uh, helpful in life. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it helpful? Uh, and the that is a guideline where if, if it doesn't meet all three, then maybe it doesn't need to be uh, said or communicated. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it helpful? 28, self-hate is not actually you. It is a conditioned voice. And with practice, it can be silenced. Yes. So if you're somebody who would say about yourself, I'm my own worst critic. Uh, I heard that from one of my doctors recently. Um, You don't have to be. And it's not really you. Um, You are not your own worst critic. Self-hate is your own worst critic. And you can practice it uh, out of your life and into silence. 29, uh, who you were as a child is still who you are today. Um, you know, dig down deep, find yourself and, um, you know, use your higher learned self, your mature adult self to offer that original self, that kind of childlike self, a helping hand. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to suggest like that in and of itself, is a wonderful practice to develop, to kind of check in with yourself um, and view yourself kind of in two parts, your higher learned self. And then, you know, your, your more, um, your more vulnerable kind of original kid self that requires guidance and compassion. Um, And it's a way for you to be your own mentor, basically. Uh, Number 30, if you wouldn't say it to someone you love, don't say it to yourself. Uh, yeah. So if you're engaging with um, some negative self-talk, uh, just maybe stop and ask yourself, hmm, who do I love? And maybe it's your, maybe it's your daughter or your son or somebody like that. And, you, and ask yourself, would I say this to them? And if your reaction is, oh my God, I would never say that. Hmm. But you're saying it to yourself or self-hate is really saying it to you most likely. Um, yeah. You can start to practice uh, eliminating that type of talk. And it will, I promise you, uh, it will have an amazing effect. Number 31, your appearance is the least exciting thing about you. I promise. Don't worry too much about it. Um, I spent like four decades really, really worried about it. It took up a ton of time, energy, worry, money, pain, all the stuff. It, it really doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Um, I'm much more interested in someone's sense of humor and wit and storytelling and so many things. Um, Their appearance really makes no difference whatsoever. 
Uh, number 32. Okay. This is a tattoo recommendation. When getting tattooed, fill the space that you are choosing. So if you're tattooing, um, you know, your upper arm, what we call prime real estate in the tattoo industry, um, you know, really think about filling that space up so that it doesn't look like you have like a little sticker um, stuck in the middle of a big open space. Um, it might require you to go a little bit bigger than you think you want to go. However, larger tattoos age better um, because over time, ink in the skin spreads. So the smaller the tattoo um, and the smaller the details, the more mushy um, they will become over time. So fill the space and think about the future. Um, and when I say think about the future, I mean, you know, if you're going to get an armband, I had an armband, it's it's now covered, but um, if you're going to put an arm, you're, you're chopping prime real estate in half. And if you think you might want to, you know, add to work or get a sleeve or something like that, maybe don't do that. Maybe don't do the armband. Think about what you want um, in the future. And yes, it hurts. It all hurts. Um, sure. Some places it hurts more, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty heavily tattooed and I'll just say uh, it all hurts. Number 33, if you need help and someone offers it, accept it. It will lift both of you. Now keep your spidey sense active. Make sure that you're not in danger. You're not engaging with someone who does not have your best interests at heart. So this would, would require some trust, but please do accept the help. It It's going to help you, right? Because you need it, but also the person who is offering the help wants to give it and is going to be lifted by giving the help. So it doesn't really even need to be thought of as transactional unless you are, you know, it is clearly a transaction alone or, or something like that. Uh, number 34, death comes for us all. Uh, so do ask yourself, if this was your last day, would you be okay with how you experienced it? Um, I use that one quite a bit. If I'm, uh, if I find myself that, you know, in a little bit of a, 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 a bummed out kind of space, or if I'm tangling with um, some um, not so supportive thoughts, I will ask myself that question. And I think, well, no, no, I don't, I don't even want to spend one moment doing this thing that I'm doing right now. Um, and that question does kind of pop me right out of it. Uh, number 35 is the three P's. Uh, I love this. And uh, I have shared this on the show before. And basically it is permanence, pervasiveness, and personal. So most things um, in life, particularly something that is bothering you um, or that is undesirable, it's it's not permanent. It's not pervasive, meaning it doesn't affect every single thing, even though we sometimes in our minds um, believe that it does. And it's probably not personal. Uh, we we take many, many things personally. Um, but when we really look at them, if we step back and look at them, they're often not personal. Um, so the three P's and those are, that's readily available. If you want to um, just Google that, um, I find that very helpful in um, navigating challenges. Number 36, um, is it use it or lose it? Uh, then use it. So like our sexual health, um, our, our cardiovascular health, our muscles, our brains are, I mean, think about what happened to us during the COVID isolation. Many of us lost our sort of, um, our ability to socialize without anxiety. We developed social anxiety. 
Because when we stopped using things that we might've thought, well, this is just, this isn't a skill. This is just what we do, but it is most things, um, are, are skills or practices. And so, um, you know, don't lose it, use it. Um, okay. Always take care of your teeth. Yes. Always take care of your teeth. If you do nothing else, good, um, dental health can affect your overall health, uh, tremendously. And also getting toward the end of your life and not being able to eat comfortably is a super bummer. So it's about your overall health, but it's also about your ability to eat food and, um, enjoy food and get proper nutrition. Number 38, stash an emergency 50, forget it's there and then only use it in an emergency. And if you use it for your emergency, put a new 50 in your secret spot. Um, I've actually had to use the emergency 50 before and oh my gosh, was I, uh, grateful that it was there. Um, okay. We've got a few minutes left. I see we've got just a few minutes left, so I'm not going to make it through all, but I'm going to do pretty good here. Um, avoid Heathrow. Sorry, not sorry, Heathrow. I just, I don't like it. It's, it's difficult. I had a bad experience. I try to avoid ever flying through Heathrow. Um, pack light because wrangling your luggage, oh my gosh, it just, it's hard on your body. It adds a whole layer of stress. And then most often we've packed far more than we need, which of course I've learned from, um, the couple of times, as I shared at the beginning, the couple of times that I, that my luggage did not make it to the same place as I did. It puts in perspective what you packed and why you packed it and what you really need. Um, don't, uh, it kind of in that same vein, don't accumulate unnecessary possessions. Um, do you own them or do they own you? Um, because number 42 hedonic immunity, which is what it's called hedonic immunity will always tarnish the shiny things. And all that means is that as humans, we always get used to things. So no matter how exciting and, and shiny something is in the beginning, it wears off. So if we put a lot of time and energy and resources into collecting shiny things, they're just not always going to be, um, they're not always going to be shiny. So be careful about your accumulation. All right. I'm going to pick um, a couple. I'm going to cherry pick here from the last of it. So we come up to um, the end of the show. You are where you put your attention. Um, so I use that all the time. If I'm thinking of negative things and if I'm thinking of painful things, if I'm worrying, I am creating my reality by where I am putting my attention. Um, and so often I say, well, I don't want to put my attention there. And I just yank it back and put it where I want to put it. Um, and then I'm going to just, um, oh, I'm going to go all the way to the last one. Um, you're a hundred percent responsible for every aspect of your life. I know that might sound overwhelming at first, but guess what? That means you have every possible choice available to you. You may not be in control of, of certain circumstances, but you are in control of you and what you choose and how you manage your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, and your actions. Okay. That's all we have time for today. Um, I love making the show for you. And I hope that you've heard something helpful. You can find me at giraffetangooctopus.com. Um, you can find me across social media at GTO Coaching. 
and on TikTok at Coach Kirsten. I would love to hear from you. Um, if you want some coaching or you'd like to come on the show and tell your story, um, please reach out to me in any of those places. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your week. Happy birthday if you have one um, around this time of year. Love yourself, free yourself, be yourself, and dance your own tango. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.